Well, it is the end of yet another long day of travel mm-hmm. on the road to, to Deepwood, or the kind of overland, not road traveling to Deepwood. Camp has been made. You look around all of the other guilders and various frogs and undead folk have all kind of settled in. You have done your evening bedtime preparations, whatever those (laughs) consist of, and you are starting to fade into sleep. What does that look like for Val being an asterisk? Hmm. I think after her, you know, 10-step wind-down routine, it's settling into bed, slowly kind of dozing off, and as she kind of feels that weightlessness of sleep come upon her, she finds herself starting to slowly realize she's somewhere else. And as she... It's almost like she's waking up, mm-hmm. but in sleep. Mm-hmm. And at, throughout this secondary waking up process, she becomes more aware of her surroundings and she's more aware of her body. And it's almost like her surroundings become more corporeal. Mm-hmm. And she finds herself walking into the large study hall that resembles the Rachma, mm-hmm. illustrious Atheum study hall. As she takes the final steps, she wouldn't have realized this detail herself, but it takes her probably until like 10 steps away from a table to hear her footsteps because it's the floor is still becoming mm-hmm. into being. Yeah. As she like finalizes her mind palace and is fully deeply asleep. As has almost always been the case since as far back as you can remember, there is an individual sitting there in the study hall already surrounded by books that are half open with notes, with parchments. You see Fakri, your quarry spirit. He is already kind of hunched over and is wearing his same kind of simple nondescript clothing doesn't have a particularly memorable face other than a one single closed eye. But nonetheless, upon your arrival, stands up and greets you. Hello, Valeska. How was your day? How are we all feeling finally heading into Deepwood tomorrow? Or what uh, What would you like to do in t- today's research project? Before we dive into the research, I actually wanted to talk to you some more about questions the liminal looking glass brought up and really well where your people came from ah yes this conversation has weighed heavily on my mind since returning but certainly there's no sense in putting it off any longer only if you're willing of course I didn't want to rush you I appreciate that but I welcome it actually I have never been one to hide from the truth, and Valeska Carter is not that sort either. It is a lot of information, and I am still processing it in many ways myself, and 
Perhaps talking through it will help us both. That's very reasonable. Most scholars don't get a lot of practice learning about the secret origins of their people. Uh, No, no, they do not. Particularly because secrets are hard to come by in a people with a somewhat shared consciousness. But that is my existential question to ponder, not yours. Let me grab a few items. Fakri grabs like some books and star charts and maps and all kinds of things. And starts spraying it out all over the table. (laughs) So first, I think it is prudent to assume I may or may not have received all the precise details of our history. However, I do believe that what I have been told is enough of the truth to base our discussions and theorizing on. Valid parameter for the discussion. I appreciate it. But let's recap what we assumed to be true before you came back with the information. Mortals know that neither us nor the gods were the first beings made by the two who are a pair of thus far unknowable primordial creator forces. Mm -hmm. All our legends say the two created things before us and those things went to war with each other and then were banished by the two. Indeed. Let us call these creatures the firstborn. Right. So these firstborn fought with each other and were banished somewhere. Afterwards, the two created our gods who then created mortals. Similarly, while we quarry do not have gods per se, we also believed ourselves to be separate creations from the firstborn. But that's not the full story. No, it is not. Which mortal scholars and my people have always assumed but never really known. The firstborn were sent somewhere, and then at some point, your people, the quarry, left? Yes, we made a pilgrimage to this plane several generations ago. As we have discussed before, we are able to connect our spirits to those of certain mortals and live alongside them for as long as they would have us. I am neither fully in this plane nor with my people while I am here. What you've discovered and what I confirmed is that the firstborn have found a way to bridge the gap instead of our half-measure, a way to fully enter Rixia. For the glorious war. Indeed. The firstborn realized their struggle against each other was futile and joined together to question the meaning of their existence. They found it to be violence and subjugation. Violence and subjugation of the two's second creation the gods and us the mortals yes so this must have been planned for a long time that is what makes the most sense to me but most of us knew none of this it must seem impossible or implausible for your extraordinary but individual mind to understand, but 
believe me when I say that if enough quarry decide to forget a thing, it can be forgotten by all. Will you and your people be okay? If the two's creations are destined to fight each other again, how can we help the quarry? Well, it's clear that my siblings, my predecessors, the the firstborn, have written the quarry off entirely. I think in the case of the individuals who followed me back into your mind, it was just because they wanted to destroy me for sport. Their violence and desire for vengeance affects mortals and quarry alike, and we are in this fight together. And... While I am greatly diminished in this realm, my life is now much more appealing than having great powers and glorious wars. Well, we can figure out what they want and why they want it, and a thousand other gigantic, reality-defining, and world-threatening questions that we seem to have collected later. For now... I really do want to brush up on Deepwood before we get there. That sounds very nice. I am glad to be here with you, Valeska Carter. And I'm glad you're here, Valkyrie. All right. uh, Now, let me grab a couple of books uh, over here, a couple of tomes uh, dating back. And if you could grab a couple of maps from over in that section and Valkyrie goes and starts, uh, you know, kind of spreading out and you both start grabbing things for yet another night of research together. The Golden Tree Guilders find themselves surrounded by chaos in the Deepwood Council of Elders Chamber. They sought an audience with this great council atop this great city, but now an invisible force of arcane energy stands between them and a mysterious figure. This figure, sporting a wooden mask, simple robes with strange markings glowing blue across their skin, and holding a staff and golden lantern, looks back at them even as they hold a hand on a member of this council. Our guilders have plowed through several celestial constructs and with a few stabs from the spear of their undead companion, the Fortunate, have awoken a pair of giant raven guardians, protectors of the city, turned against them. And now they turn toward the strange masked figure who seems to know something about the Eternal Citadel and the Saints. With their hand still on the council member, corrupting them and trying to pry the location 
of the city's druid circle for reasons unknown. Our heroes are gathered together as the din of battle dies down and they realize help is not here yet. So as the final jabs of the spear from the fortunate wake up the large raven behind us, Checkers yells to his mount, Mango, Mango, break down that wall! And Mango just leaps and leaps and charges into the wall just to, like, squish against it. And then (laughs) falls back down to the ground. Accordion style. In much the same way, Kaskrin, from a little bit farther back into the room, summons a golden javelin, brings his arm back, and lets the javelin fly towards this mysterious arcane force. A moment later, it crashes against the invisible wall, dissipating harmlessly. There's something blocking our way! What do we do? Can't go through it. Gotta try something else. And Selv will take his foot and kind of sweep it back behind him in a half circle. Close his eyes and concentrate for a moment. I will spend two key points to use Patient Badger Listens. And that does a couple of things. The first is that it grants me Tremor Sense within 30 feet of me. And I gain a burrow speed. Selva's going to kind of drop to the ground, put his hands down and just start moving earth away from him and digging down much like a badger does. And I am going to attempt to go underneath the wall and come up on the other side. The tunnel that I leave stays up for a minute. So if anybody wants to follow, they are they will not be trapped underground for one minute. <laughs> Excellent. So as Selv starts to <laughs> starts to burrow, <laughs> which is just a delight, you guys have a moment. And it sounds like, obviously, you're going on the other side of the wall. Is there anything you would like to say or do as you have a moment in between one combat and what may, in fact, be another uh, combat that might be uh, pretty intense? Val would like to cast Aura of Vitality. As she casts this spell, she will put her shield in front of her chest and touch the holy symbol on it. And then in almost like a whip or snapping motion, fling her arms out wide. And as she does, this pale blue light bursts from that and you see this dome of translucent blue light that surrounds her in a 30 foot radius and it almost looks like she's or anything in it which is probably the fortunate right now is just like tinted blue but it's got this warmth to it even though it's a blue light can I cast that as an action and use my bonus action to heal myself? Yeah, absolutely. Great, cool, cool, that's cool. The, that's the optimal first turn. Then I shall cast it and then <laughs> heal Val for 2d6 uh, health. Great, awesome. That seems like a good choice. Val gets seven hit points back and will start jaunting over to a, a tunnel that appeared out of nowhere. Mango begins to squeeze himself through the tunnel that Self created <laughs> as Checkers conjures in his right hand five stones. 
Now it's game time. Yeah, game time. Rocks. Stones are rocks. Out. Yeah, right. He just rocks are just pouring from his hands. Just, just dozens and dozens <laughs> of rocks. And he's like, "Oh, it's time now." You messed with the wrong ground druid, buddy. <laughs> and just throws them up at Junior, who struggles to catch the new rocks. <laughs> Juggles all of them. You mess with the wrong, you get the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> classic. The classic <laughs> saying yeah, yeah. of Rixia. On Rixia, yeah. Cascarin is going to actually turn to the two Raven Mounts that are still here and just charade like. Can they understand him? <laughs> like, can they understand him and, and help in some way? So I'll, I'll first lay the ground, the ground ambiance. Okay. Uh, these, so these two giant ravens, again, which are tens of feet tall, longer wingspan. Uh, one of them smacked very hard in the knee by a large hammer, not but a few moments ago. It's true. Uh, I'm hoping he forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he doesn't seem to hold any ill will towards you. But there is revenge in his yeah. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they both appear... Previously, they were in attack mode, right? In battle, and I am here to just rip things apart. And now they are much closer to a lot of the ones that you had passed. They are still startled. They are still kind of in a little bit of fight or flight, no bird pun intended, but seem to be a little bit more in control of themselves. And you know them to be, if not intelligent creatures, capable creatures of understanding a degree of kind of mortal communication. You have heard Juniper just speak to them. Cascade will turn to the two raven mounts and kind of like look towards some of the sides of the room that we're in and see if there's any like windows and kind of like point at the two of them and like see if you can get through that window towards the other side there's like an invisible wall that's blocking us but i think they're too big to fit through the passage that we've made see if you can get to the other side of this cool give me i'll i'll give you a charisma i'll be nice and it'll be a charisma (laughs) check since they do kind of understand they're smart birds yeah they are very smart birds so that is a 22. Woo. Wow. I rolled a 19 on the die. Wow. They just barely misinterpret <laughs> so, what you say. So both, you want to peck your eyes out? Okay. <laughs> I should have also said both of them have sustained injuries as well, in addition to one being lightly kneecapped by a hammer. They only have a few hit points left, metagame-wise, but they both kind of look at you and nod and hop out of the windows that they smashed through. But you see them like, go out of the building. And if not to go through the window, to do something. Okay. And then Castron will move up towards the hole that Selv made and dig through it as well. Selv and Castron, as you guys are kind of up front, moving and are digging through, you guys both feel from behind you, not just that kind of horrid aura that is the fortunate that emanates from all the members of the Bones at all times, but you guys feel the same level of protection and of kind of that resolve standing next to a member of the bones that Val did in the combat. And so you will also have bonuses to your AC and saves, so don't let me forget. As long as you're within 10 feet. You all emerge on the other side. Stones in hand. As you guys come out of the hole that you guys have dug, the shepherd just kind of slowly turns around, bright, glowing, yellowish eyes peering through its mask, and they just kind of cock their head at you a little bit, but say nothing. 
Is the shepherd still holding on to a member of the council? Yes. And okay. they are, I believe, I think there are several council members deep, we'll say. Okay. And again, the ones that they've already interacted with, now instead of having these kind of brilliant sunlight eyes, are now a strange dark blue light emanating. Uh, and they are all slumped over those who have, have already been interacted with. The swirling air kind of picks up Selv's sleeve, and you can kind of see small swirls appear around his fist, and then he just punches forward and kind of launches this small column of air at the shepherd. This kind of like little vortex just snakes straight for the shepherd, and you can see this elemental attack is going straight dead center. They're trying; they're making no effort to move out of the way. And you can see behind them, after just a split second, leaves just be absolutely blown off of the uh, the tree that the council are sitting under. And clearly, your attack, it didn't miss. It seemed to not hit or maybe not interact with the shepherd. Does the shepherd look faded or, or kind of not completely here? Give me a perception check. Alrighty. And I take advantage since you interacted with it. 21. Ooh, absolutely. It seems like the shepherd is definitely incorporeal and kind of like phasing a little bit in and out of reality. Like as you're watching, like as this is unfolding, you are just taking in information. Your battle senses are alight and you are realizing that they're kind of like fading a little in and out. And they might actually not fully be on this plane of existence. The shepherd looks at you all as you're still like climbing out ready for battle and says, oh, I'm not, uh, I'm not fully here. You probably, you guys wanted to to fight, right? And stop me and all that, right? Well, that would have been nice. Yeah. That that was the general plan coming forward here. Yeah. What am I going to do with all these rocks? (laughs) Well, I have a great idea for you. Oh, no. Why would you ask that question? (laughs) You guys feel the arcane wall that you guys burrowed under disappear. It's like a vacuum where something was there and then suddenly isn't there. And there's just this pop and this rush of air as matter goes to fill where there wasn't. The shepherd slowly kind of turns to fully face you guys removes their hand on the council member, eyes blue, and starts putting it on a fifth. And they say, the council here, they're corporeally here, but really, the way that they're all connected, well, the easiest way to put it is they're in kind of a demiplane, and me interacting with them, I have to sort of also be on this demiplane. And so I'm, really, I'm there and here. It's complicated. Kaskrin, as he says, it's complicated, just is rushing forward (laughs) in like a big bear hug trying to get at both him and the council member that he's holding. And I imagine like, as the shepherd is talking, Kaskrin just phases right through them into the ground and like stumbles a little bit past them. Val was about to shout, it's not that complicated. Oh, maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. just like, ah, just like mm-hmm. falls. Someone didn't listen on the lesson of planes, okay. <laughs> the shepherd says, oh, uh, tingly. 
Anyway, something just occurred to me watching you guys fight over there. And again, you can see kind of their eyes. Now that you're up close, their eyes are very striking. Not just because they're glowing, but they're just, they're filled with a lot of emotion. They're very expressive eyes. And even under their mask, you can kind of see their kind of nose crinkles a little bit and says, were you the ones who were responsible for dispatching the, and then they say a word in another language, not just that you guys don't understand, because you hear lots of words you don't understand, but this seems to enter your mind and slip away. Like you are without intent to recall or to hold on to that information, your mind cannot conceive to hold on to it. You hear this word and it just rattles your brains a little bit. And the shepherd has kept talking. He's, oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's a creature that is um, made of kind of a smoke and fire. Usually has like a scepter of some sort. Specialize in anger. Yeah, that was us. What of it? I had wondered when they didn't report back. You sent them here? Sent them toward the area. Just like you dispatched of the grung that I brought here. Was that awkward? They turned to checkers and look at you pointedly. I know that your peoples are often very communal, very, very, very close. Where did you even find that many grung? I thought my clan was the only one around. Oh, oh no, 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 no. If you know where to look, there are many. And they have a wistful look as they actively go from a fourth council member to a fifth council member. This world is filled with mystery and beauty and life. It needs to be protected. You say you're protecting life, but you've sent things only to destroy. Why? Well, how about we make the answering of that a little more interesting? Absolutely not. <laughs> and Catherine tries to swipe at one of the other council members to try to like pull him away before the shepherd can get to him. And I, I imagine, again, it's like just trying to swipe through a projection. Right. And especially, A, now that you guys are up close and that, that the shepherd is doing whatever they're doing, it is very obvious now where... They're either not here now or maybe never were fully here. It is unclear. So they're here and not here or just fully not here? They are both. Part of their consciousness is here. But it's also inside of this tree and kind of this like communal consciousness that Mm -hmm. the council kind of goes through. And being in between two planes messes with your anatomy. Gotcha. <laughs> not in a permanent way, but just in a like, yeah, they're not all the way here. It's like there's mm-hmm. more space between their atoms, even though they're both kind of weirdly present both places. As we have been chatting with the shepherd, like Cass is trying to interact, Val would like to go up to a council member who the shepherd has moved on from 
whose eyes are blue and use her aura of vitality to heal them, but also mainly to use her ability of Spellbreaker. Mm-hmm. So that when she restores hit points, she can also end one spell effect, third level or lower. I'm going to say, make me a dexterity saving throw. Oh, no. Eleven. There's a moment you cast this spell, you reach out with this energy, and for a moment, you can see their eyes clear up a little bit and kind of just start to turn, go from like bluish to gold. And then you are racked by pain as you take 17 points of lightning damage. Oh no. Oh geez. (laughs) You look and you see the shepherd has released its grip on the council member and has extended its staff towards you. Please. If you want, we can we can be the Gilders against the bad guy. We can do the fight. I understand, but I wouldn't think it's in your best interest. And they kind of actually don't put their hand back on the council member they're standing in front of. Instead, they kind of lean their staff on their shoulder a little bit and reach down to their lantern. It goes to the front where light is very faintly emanating and kind of adjusts it almost like a like a camera projector. And as they twist it, the light intensifies on kind of the far wall. It goes from a just nice golden light to a swirl of color almost like a kaleidoscope. And you see flashes not just of distinct pictures of like a jungle and of a tundra and of a strange city and of sites that you go by so quickly and are so strange and so foreign to you that you couldn't even place them. All swirling around fractals of each other until a doorway forms with stairs leading up into a strange alien blue starry sky. So I'm going to run up to Val and uh, whisper to her, Can you mind link the council members and find out if there's anything we can do to help them? Val nods to Selv and will try to mind link the nearest one with golden eyes. Give me a wisdom check. 15. Ooh, that's just the, just the number. As this is happening, as the shepherd is kind of dialing it in and attention is elsewhere, Val, you reach out with your mind to the council. It is almost like sensory overload for a second because it is not one mind that you usually connect with. It is 13 minds. It is the members of the council and the shepherd. You, for a moment, are like, oh, God, that's too much information. It is a cacophony of sound and senses, but you get a couple of small flashes. You see an otherworldly scene. There are the 12 council members. They are all standing in the middle of a small pool of water, like a small pond. Kind of in front of them, you see a small waterfall stemming from a little 
creek. Surrounding all of you is beautiful foliage of plants of all kinds. So many different kinds that it seems almost unnatural. Like they're made of so, there's so many, they might not even be from the same place. And standing on a rock right by this waterfall is the shepherd. They have a hand extended kind of over these council members. And from his hand, from the rock, from his legs, going down and covering now four or five of the council members and many of the trees in this grove are tendrils, are maybe vines, but glowing that blue that is also on their skin. And you see their their vines growing, clawing, covering up these council members, covering up these natural areas. Give me another wisdom check. 23. The shepherd in this space looks at you. In like it was kind of this reverie before where it was everything was still, everything was quiet, and then the head just kind of snaps to where your consciousness has kind of come into being in this space. And you can feel the shepherd push you. Oh no. Their consciousness starts pressing on your own as if their mind is directly on yours, pushing, applying pressure. And your successful saving throw is not for you to successfully stay in this vision. It is how good of a fight you put up and how much you push back. You hold on. You claw just almost instinctually, maybe, to stay to stay here, to be in control of your faculties. And because you rolled so well, your two minds overlap for a split second and you see into the shepherd's mind you get hit with kind of several flashes all at once but they are it's the reason that you're hit so many times is that they're almost overlapping images you see the shepherd sitting in a dark cave lantern sitting next to them a light wearing their robes similar to what you see now in a meditation. And you can see their mask also sitting in front of them. There are no lines on this person. There are none of the glowing marks, tattoos, whatever they are. And it is a kind face. A little skinny and gaunt. It is a furlbog face. Kind of the little animalistic ears, long flowing hair, high cheekbones. Are their eyes glowing? Their eyes are closed. Okay. But behind them is a huge swirling portal. As your eyes kind of look into or take, maybe you've just taken this information. Mm -hmm. You see the same strange, starry, alien blue night. And at the same time, 
realities are warping and overlapping. You see the same figure who is wearing a mask, who has more pronounced glowing lines, still sitting in front of this portal. Same exact position, same exact cave, except the rocks look a little different. The stalactites are a little bit longer. Things have changed. And you can feel a rumble in this vision. And the shepherd's eyes snap open. Eyes glowing. You get this flash of them standing up and walking out of the cave. And again, it's all strange. Like, it's all happening all at the same time. And it emerges from this cave and looks... And in the distance, you see a colossal creature made of stone and ice and fury. Incomprehensibly large and causing destruction in its wake. You... Val have never seen it, but you know you are seeing an ultra giant. Wow. And then you are pushed all the way back into reality. You guys, specifically Cass and Checkers, don't necessarily know what's going on other than like, uh, well, Selv always asks Val to mind link people. Maybe that's what's going on. <laughs> but the fortunate has kind of come up to you guys and is, you know, just kind of like standing right next to both of you Mm -hmm. facing this portal. And you guys just, as you're taking in this scene, you see the shepherd look back at Val and Selv and make eye contact and then look back to the portal and kind of do one final snap and everything shifts into focus. Creatures begin to walk through the portal. You guys can't tell. There's no obvious point where they're coming from. They just emerge. There's a faint shadow, and then they are in your reality. And they come one after the other. And immediately, they seem to be the icy versions of the smoke creature you faced but in all different shapes sizes some have additional appendages others are kind of glowing with this icy blue fire inside of them the shepherd says I don't think you can stop me and again their like voice is kind of hardened after whatever just happened but I appreciate the work of Gilders. So let's make a deal. You defeat this group of the first ones. And you can join me in the grove. They turn and make eye contact with Val. She smiles weakly back. <laughs> if you don't, within a minute or so, they look back to the portal. Something much bigger is going to come out. And, well, the council room is not all that's going to be destroyed. 
I know that guilders often do their best work under pressure. Good luck! And as this group of creatures is just materializing outside of the portal, and Checkers is going to run over to Val, who is now kneeling on the ground, and just poke her and go, Hey, hey, they said the first ones. That's the quarry, right? The one that Vakri was telling us about? Checkers, you're a genius. (laughs) (laughs) Extra credit. (laughs) Inspiration. Val, free action, pulls out. The equivalent of a gold star sticker. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Pins it on Checker's nice. uh, necklace. He just like, she has a gold star charm. Boop, pops it on his <laughs> necklace. All right, Mango, let's do this. Kaskarin holds his hammer at the ready, trying to put himself between both the shepherd and the ice creatures that are coming out of the portal. And he shouts towards the shepherd, Why are you doing this? What information could be worth all of this? When you have seen as much as I have, you notice patterns. Not all can. The dragons couldn't. I wonder if the gods couldn't at the end. Life roils like water shifting, bubbling, churning. There are patterns. It's only clear to those with the patience and the time and the compassion to watch the mortal cycle spin and I have decided that we mortals well we were dealt an unfair hand I think those who dealt it should answer for that Anyway, I hope to see you inside the grove. And these strange creatures, now you see almost like a combination of armor and ice begin to advance upon you. And on that, we will roll for initiative. Next episode. Happy episode 69, everyone. Nice, 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 Your two minds overlap for a split second. And you see into the shepherd's mind. Get his social security number and mother's maiden name. <laughs> Identity theft is not a joke. <laughs> if, we, if we can't defeat him physically, we're going to destroy his credit. Yeah. <laughs> He'll never be able to rent an apartment again. <laughs> or buy a car. Yeah. Yeah. I get the name of his first pet, too. Yeah. And the street he grew up on. Where did he go to high school? Val, tell us. <laughs> Who was his favorite teacher? Man, okay. You rolled so well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you... Ooh. The thing I said I would murder for, which is that sweet, sweet lore. You see a young shepherd, maybe about five years old. 
<laughs> he has just eaten a bite of ratatouille. Yeah. Sends him back. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Ratatouille. <laughs> you know, that movie, Rakakuni. <laughs> yeah. Rakakuni. <laughs> <laughs> If you enjoyed this ad-free episode, consider supporting us over on Patreon. We release all our episodes there without ads and a day early on a separate RSS feed. Please visit patreon.com slash reckless attack to find out more. Again, patreon.com slash reckless attack. Thanks.